and welcome to Neither the Time Nor the Space, a podcast about Doctor Who. My name is David, and as always, I'm joined by the something or other Matt. Um, yeah. yeah, for the second time, the se- because yeah. all our recordings failed. So. <laughs> we have just had a, a 45 minutes of one technological disaster after another. Uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, this is—it's not been a good start for the uh, for the series nine wrap up this week, listeners. Um, if it, but we'll 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 keep going we, from strength to strength. We're David. soldiering it can't on. Be any worse? <laughs> That's uh, yeah, one way to look at it. Um, so yeah, as I say, series nine wrap up. At least at least it's happening on a wrap up episode, right, Matt? You know. Yeah, yeah. Imagine if like everything went wrong when we were doing Heaven Sent, oh. and we were just like, "Oh, sorry guys, oh. it didn't work." But yeah, good it episode. Was, See you next week. It was genuinely giving me anxiety when we were recording that, checking to make <laughs> sure that my recording hadn't failed periodically. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this is this is going to just be a lot of waffle. So, um, in the best possible sense, I don't mean it in a pejorative way, Matt. You know, no, you've there's... got to respect your craft. <laughs> apparently, as so. I always say, love yeah. your art, David. Yes, indeed. So, uh, but that being said, we're probably going to breeze through some of the uh, usual segments early on. Because yeah, should, some... we, should we just have the exact same conversation we've just had? Um, yes. I'm so interested to find out what you've been watching on TV this week, David. Oh, uh... it's not like we've just talked about that for half an hour. Yeah, let's just do it. Okay. Bob's Burgers, catching up on that. What about you, Matt? Uh, Taskmaster was good. I've watched the end of Invincible Series 1. That was good. Yeah. And this week, I've watched all three Jackass films. Great. Okay, tick. Honestly. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, meal of the week. Uh, well, for breakfast this morning, I had a bacon sandwich. It was quite nice. My wife made it for me. Uh, for lunch today, I had some chicken goujons on... Tomato and jalapeno bread, mm-hmm. lots of lettuce, lots of mayonnaise. Yeah, that was absolutely divine. Mm-hmm. But my meal of the week, midweek, I had a big old steak sandwich. Right, great. Um, as for me, breakfast, American style pancakes. Uh, the missus wanted to make it. I, you know, who am I to to uh, stand in a way? Um, lunch, had a bit of cheese on toast. That was nice. Meal of the week, nice. had some pasta. Last night that was that was pretty good. So yeah. there you go, tick. Get that ticked off. Right. Yeah, um, we're, we're not doing would I lie to who this week. We're not. So there Origi- you go. Originally There's, that was Dave- originally that was just to save time because I assumed we would potentially overrun with it being a serious wrap up, but uh, now it's just because <laughs> I've got nothing prepared and, uh, and we've I been no longer here an care. hour. <laughs> we yeah we 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 we've we've been going an hour and so far we've got three minutes of content in the bag so uh, sorry listeners yeah. I, this is I think be this is all part one. of your plan I think this is how you whittle down the so-called waffle you just go oh that didn't record Matt we'll have to do it again but just go really fast <laughs> I mean I would love it if it was just a joyless box ticking exercise over and done in five yeah. minutes that sounds ideal to me. That's what I'm going to call your autobiography. <laughs> joyless box ticking. Uh, joyless exercise. box ticking exercise. <laughs> Feels like it some weeks back. Anyway, <laughs> um, uh, let's talk series nine. We've done it. Yeah, it's, uh, it's we're there. Done and dusted. Yeah. So, 
with the you know we we we're nearly um nearly done with the Moffat era as a whole, which is yeah. crazy to think about. Um, we're oh we're over the halfway point in Capaldi's run. Hmm. And uh, and I I put it out on Twitter this week. I did some research. Yeah. In that Hell Bent is the hundred and twenty ninth episode of New Who. Yeah. And in Classic Who, there's only 129 stories. Right. So I know I know some of those stories are like 20 episodes long. But I think I've now watched... I've seen more Doctor Who than I haven't seen. If you're going story by story, it, it, it's getting there. I mean, one could nitpick, for example, certain two-parters. If you count them as single stories, we're not at that number with, uh, with New Who. But certainly, you have seen a lot of New Who at this point. I've seen too much. <laughs> For a man who doesn't particularly enjoy it, you've certainly yeah. seen a lot. Um, so before we get into your thoughts on uh, Series 9, or indeed mine, uh, I wondered if we could hear from the listeners at all. Yep. Here we go. Right. So the first reply that we've had in regards to Series 9 comes from James Courtney. Yeah. Hello, James. Now, James, I'm not blaming you. But it was whilst I was reading your tweet that everything went wrong on the first recording. So, <laughs> it's fine. Me and David, we accept your apology. Indeed. So, he says, I really like this series. It might even be my favourite. I love the character arcs that both the Doctor and Clara go through, continuing their trajectory from series eight. Clara has to be my number one companion because of that. No other companion changes as much as her. Capaldi is obviously only partway through his arc, but I love that he's embracing the more playful side, the guitar, the sonic sunglasses included. Also, his costumes are top-notch, from the relaxed hoodie variant to the red velvet coat. It's all just brilliant. Just thinking about it, this series does have a thing for twos. The hybrid turns out to be two people. Well, we don't know that, James. And most stories have two episodes. Some stories also play very differently on a second watch-through. Take the opening two-parter. On the first watch-through, you think Davros is saying the Doctor should regret not helping him, but on second watch, you realise that he's actually saying the opposite. He thinks the Doctor should have killed him. Heaven Sent obviously feels different on a second watch-through, uh, but is just as magnificent. I mustn't forget the most obvious of the twos, two Osgoods. I can't wait for more. Almost everything is wrapped up from this era by the end, which isn't surprising when the husband of River Song was Moffat's last episode. What a perfect ending to his era as well, giving a farewell to River Song. This isn't the indulgences of RTD's last episodes. And then the BBC failed to replace Moffat, so he came back for one more series. Hooray! More great stuff to come. <laughs> uh, that's great. Um, I, I, loads of uh, interesting thoughts there. I, I particularly, I like... Uh your thoughts with regards to that sort of theme of duality and, 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 and toes and pairs. That's really interesting and something I hadn't considered in, in that amount of detail before, but uh, yeah. Any, any other tweets oh. from the listeners, Matt? Uh, okay. So we then have one from Amy who says, I love series nine. I think it perfectly follows series eight in continuing the Dr. Clara relationship. It's a wonderful exploration of grief, the consequences of not being able to let go. The Doctor being confronted with the consequences of his action, great guest cast and two-parters. 
Yeah, yeah. So I think the two-parter thing, that's something we're going to talk about in more depth in a minute, isn't it, Matt? I think we definitely need to address that, the structure of this series. Yeah. Uh, then Frank sent us a question, so I might save that till the end. And then we got a tweet from Clover, who says, I've already shared some thoughts on previous tweets. Uh, I can't be bothered to dig them out. It's the fourth best season between 10, 4 and 5. Oh, right. Anything to that, David? Well, stay tuned for my series rankings a little bit later yeah. in this episode. We'll see how it compares. Okay. So, one of the things that, well, the only thing that Frank said in his message was he was interested to know what, I mean, obviously you know what's coming, mm. but what I would like to see in the a new companion. Yeah. When we get to the next series. Yeah, because obviously... And I had a little think this morning when yeah. I was in the car and I, I just want someone who's fun. Yeah. You know, Cla- Clara was good for a laugh, but she was pretty intense sometimes. Yeah. She's, she's complicated is Clara. She's and an not, yeah. not easy to love sometimes. Yeah. No, I just want someone who's like a good laugh. I almost want like that Donna style relationship where they're yeah. just, Farting about through time, having a good old hoot together. Yeah, yeah. It would that would be interesting, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, well, well, maybe talk about that in a little more detail as well in 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 a minute. Um, so, I've got some questions for you as well, Matt. Okay. Which, uh, as as I always like to do. Um, so, let's start by talking about Capaldi, because. Um, yep. At the end of series eight, you were you weren't fully sold on him, were you? As as, as the Doctor, like you know, you you were aware of his reputation, fan favorite for a lot of people, and I feel like you you didn't quite get it at that point. Uh, yeah, but at the same time, I think I was, it I was a little bit hindered because he's so much better this series than last series. It's such I a think, contrast, isn't it? Yeah, I think if I'd seen this series first. I'd have probably entirely bought in and thought, yeah, yeah, you know, that does work for me. He's really good. I really like where we're going with this. Yeah. But I don't know. Series eight. It's it a just... hard one, isn't it? Especially on a first watch. And I do say, once you've seen the rest of Capaldi's era, if you go back and revisit series eight, it makes a lot more sense and it feels a lot more natural as part of, as, as the sort of first chapter of his story. Mm-hmm. But taken on its own, it's it's a big ask of of the audience to to have this at times quite unlikable character um, for yeah. a whole series and really buy into, especially when it's a new iteration of a character that previously has been extremely likable. If you think about well, that's what that's what I struggled with. Yeah, it, it just wasn't fun. Yeah, it had gone from being super really fun. To just not fun at all. Yeah, because I mean, you could you could argue that maybe Eccleston in series one is a little little bit of a tougher nut, but like from series two all the way through series seven, the Doctor is essentially this charming, charismatic, handsome young man, and mm. then all of a sudden it's this hard swivel to this grumpy, spiky. You know, mercurial old man, 
Um, and yeah, I really think it, it just takes it takes a bit of time to um, to bed in. But yeah, I feel like in series eight, there was this very conscious decision to make the twelfth Doctor be very, you know, very different from what we'd had previously. Whereas in in this one, they don't they don't like chuck out everything they'd established in series eight, but they broaden the palette a bit more, bring in some of those yeah. other doctorish tendencies, just give I think give Peter Capaldi the freedom to play the doctor as his doctor rather than just Malcolm Tucker is the doctor. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So I think this feels more true to the spirit of, you know, Capaldi's Doctor as a whole. Um, And... He seems to be having more fun with it. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And also, I think the writers in this series really got to grips with what a gift they had with having an actor of of Capaldi's caliber. You know, we can talk about the speeches, we can talk about the silent sequences. They just give him so much room to play in this series. Um yeah. and he really does just take the ball and run with it. He does, yeah. So so this is you know, whether or not where he comes in your rankings, we'll we'll find out in in due course, I'm sure, but but um, I hope you can at least now see why, for a lot of fans, you know, he's he oh, is yeah. such a fan I, favorite. I do. Yeah, I do get it now. I can one hundred percent see. Yeah, like I said last week, I, I as much as I do like the big speeches and what have you, a lot of the time in those moments he's talking about Doctor Who stuff that I don't really care about. Mm. I, I much prefer his like quiet, measured moments. You know, the example I gave last week when, you know, River Song says, oh, I hate you, and he just quietly whispers, no, you don't. You know, that to me is as much a strength as when he's screaming, shouting, carrying on. So, moving on then from Capaldi, we've, we've... now, finally, <laughs> definitively, uh, said farewell to Clara, this series. Mm-hmm. So, going from midway, or if, if you want, even technically the start of Series 7, all the way through to now, you know, her story as a complete arc, how, how, how do you feel about her? How do you think she ranks amongst the, the new Who companions? Uh She's gone up a lot in my estimations. Mm. It, at, at first, I just didn't get it. Again, you know, she just sort of came out of nowhere and she was just there all the time. Yeah. Whereas, you know, by... By killing off Danny Pink and actually giving Clara a bit of character, a bit of development, it, it made a big difference. Yeah, yeah. I'll be honest, I think of the New Who companions, Jenna Coleman is the best actor 
they have had mm-hmm. in any of the companions. Which is why I find it so frustrating when you watch series seven B, you know, which is her first proper run as a companion. So starting with Bells of St John, through to uh, the time of the Doctor and, and Matt Smith's departure, that whole run of episodes, she is criminally wasted. Because they just didn't yeah. know what to do with her. Yeah, she's just kind of there. Yeah, and it it's it's like, you know, it's it's like having having a Ferrari, you know, under a dust sheet in the garage that you never yeah. you never take out for a spin. <laughs> and thank goodness, I think from series eight on, like I'd say, even right from the start, deep breath on. They're they're like oh let's actually give her some personality traits and we don't have to make them all positive as well. I think she's, in some ways, I think she's the most complicated and the potentially least likable companion. I think that's why well, she she divides opinions an awful lot. If if you go back to Amy, yeah, mo- most episodes were. You know, like, oh, come on, let's go on an adventure. Let's just go mad and have some fun. Mm. And the Doctor was always up for it. Yeah. Whereas with Clara, it's the same pretense, but the Doctor's like, hang on a bit. She's gone a bit mad, hasn't she? (laughs) Yes, yeah. And and it's a very slow, natural progression to that that end point that we reach in Face the Raven. Uh, It feels entirely earned. And, you know, with the whole Danny Pink arc, which... Some people have problems with, totally understand why it doesn't work for everyone. But it does really provide that tipping point for the trajectory of Series 9. Um, mm. And so, yeah, we, we, we just get such a full, um, interesting, complex character arc with her, which we really don't get with any other companion. I mean, Amy... You, you know, it starts out with the whole, um, the whole girl who waited thing, and 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 then Rory comes along for the ride, and and really for me the key with 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 Amy is, it's her relationship with Rory, and I think that's really interesting that mm-hmm. that by having a cup, you know, actual proper established couple as a companion, you know, joint companions, I think gave them opportunities to explore very particular kinds of stories they otherwise wouldn't have um, in the Smith era. But for me, I think Clara's story arc is the most satisfying and interesting of any new Who companion we've had to date. Whilst we're on companions, what, what, what is your overall honest opinion of a Shilder? You know what? I didn't. I've, I've, <laughs> this is telling in that I meant to put in a question on my list about Maisie Williams and a shielder, and I completely forgot when I was preparing my questions last night. And what does that tell you? <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, I think. I do think a shielder slash me is interesting because she's not a straight up villain. She's not a straight-up companion. 
she doesn't even fall into that sort of semi-companion bracket of the likes of River Song or Captain Jack. She's kind of in an island all of her own. Um, and I do think that's interesting. And I do think when when they gave Maisie Williams opportunities to really push herself, there were some good performances in there. But as a, taken as a whole... I don't know. I don't know. I think it's one of the weaker elements of series nine. Yeah. Like, I know this is me being nitpicky. Yeah. But like, I know obviously she's created in the story with Capaldi's doctor. Yes. But I just feel if there was a being, the last being alive in the universe, Mm -hmm. I just feel the doctor would have had some sort of knowledge of that. Sure. And I, and I know it obviously can't. He can't have knowledge of it until it's happened. Yeah. But he's a time traveller. <laughs> this is where we run into your, where the the concepts within the Doctor Who universe grind against the reality of having to make a TV show in a linear fashion. <laughs> Um, Like, for example, how certain doctors are forever encountering certain incarnations of the master when why, why, why are we not, you know, why do we not have the 12th doctor suddenly bumping into Roger Delgado's master? Or why didn't we have Missy turning up in the fourth doctor era? The reason is, of course, because, you know, actors have to be cast at a certain point and will work on a show for a certain period and then move on to other projects. Um, and again, that's one of the things that Big Finish is able to do a little more. They can play a little bit more fast and loose because they have the benefit of hindsight and working with older doctors. You know, for example, they've mm-hmm. got a range they've done called uh, Classic Doctors New Monsters, where it's specifically your classic doctors going up against monsters that were introduced in New Who. Okay. Um, which I've not listened to, but it's you know that's one of the ones that's on my wish list because I think that's an interesting idea. Um, but yeah, it, I mean, the honest answer is you're not wrong with your with your, your thoughts there. But at the end of the day, nobody had the thought to make that character until Moffat was plotting <sighs> out series nine. So what can you do? Yeah. Um, no. But okay. yeah, I think I think Maisie Williams does the best she can with what she's given mm-hmm. and sometimes that is quite good but overall not not it's not the first thing i think about when i'm thinking about series nine i'll put it that way mm-hmm. yeah just going back to the question about like what do i want in the companions yeah not a shielder not a shielder place <laughs> oh I, I i will i will spoil this for you right now we're done with the shielder Good. I don't think... Um, not necessarily. Sorry, go you on. You know what I mean. You know what I mean. Not good that we don't see yeah. her again. I'm just glad that bit of the story's finished. I'd say outside chance she might crop up in a in an anniversary special in the future. Yeah. You know, that's that's a possibility. Apart from anything else, like, I don't think Maisie Williams has aged yet. She probably still looks about 12, right? I don't know. I, I saw a picture this week. I can't remember why I was looking her up. Probably for yeah. this, and she dyed all her hair blue. Right. And she not blue, blonde. Sorry. And she dyed her eyebrows blonde. But you yeah. know how she's got such distinctive eyebrows. Yeah, that will have really it, it, changed her features. 
Yeah, she looked completely surreal. Ah. Well, I mean, lockdown's done interesting things to people, hasn't it? <laughs> well, yeah. I grew the biggest beard I've ever had and shaved all my head off, so I ended up looking like bloody Bronson. No, Charles Manson I ended up looking like. <laughs> um, well, anyway. Um, so the next question I do have on my list is... Um, what did you think then of the two-parter structure of, of this series? I mean, some were looser than others. We've got the one outlier, which is Sleep No More. But generally speaking, it was two two or three-part stories, in essence, all through the, uh, the series. It was okay. But the problem was, if it was a story I didn't get on with, just knowing that the next week I'd have to watch more of it. Yeah, yeah. That... It's it, it, it's interesting. In some ways, it was kind of bringing it more in line with classic Who. Yeah. You know, because because a a, a new Who two parter is roughly equivalent in in running time to a classic four parter, which is the most common yeah. length of a, of a classic story. Um. So I think that was interesting. It was an interesting experiment. I can see why they didn't return to it. Uh, it's worth pointing out at this point as well. This was really the period where the show was starting to really struggle in the ratings. Uh, so were they just trying new things? I think they were see? trying new things. Um, this wouldn't have helped, though, I don't think. You know, because it makes it even more inaccessible for people who aren't following week to week. You yeah. know, because no, you could I potentially, totally if you're that. dipping in, you you know, imagine if you came in halfway through the Zygon two-parter. Yeah. That would be very discombobulating. Um, so... Was, was yeah. there any reason why it was dipping in popularity? Well, there's an element... I know there'll be a number of theories. There's, but... you know, that's the thing. There's an element of, uh, you know, kind of reading the runes, isn't it? You know, you could people are going are gonna to have different explanations that potentially cleave to some extent to their preconceived ideas about the show on a creative level. Um, mm-hmm. We see that debate playing out a lot at the moment in the current era as well. Um, one factor that's got nothing to do with Doctor Who is the fact that TV viewing habits were changing. We're now getting to the point where, you know, it's the rise of Netflix and streaming services so people mm-hmm. aren't just tuning in on broadcast to watch shows the way they used to. It's it's all oh I'll catch it later, you know, and and, and that was and, and Doctor Who is one of those shows that a lot of people do that with. They'll potentially wait until a couple of series are in the bag and they'll be like oh I'll go catch up on Doctor Who for a bit, you know. It's I, I know this is a question you might not know the answer to. Yeah, is Doctor Who big on streaming? Is it a big Netflix? Like so, in the um, UK, it's on iPlayer and Netflix. Isn't I think it? it's dropped off Netflix now, but it was for a long time. Um, I think it's more of a streaming thing in America, and maybe some right. other countries as well, English-speaking countries, where they're not necessarily people aren't necessarily because on a, on in America, it's broadcast on BBC America, which is a cable channel a lot of people don't have access to. But right. it's bounced around for a long time. It was on Amazon Prime in America. I think it's now moved over to HBO Max. Oh, so, okay. 
so certainly, I mean, HBO, they're, they're trying to do a lot to attract people to that new service. They would have had to have forked over a considerable amount of cash to get exclusive streaming rights for New Who. Um, so it's certainly, it's still making money for the BBC. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think the other the other main thing that does get posited with regard to why why we're starting to see a decline, and and this is the thing the theory that makes most sense to me in tandem with the fact that, that how people are consuming media is changing at this point, and that's that because of Capaldi's very rocky start and his very different kind of doctor, I think it just turned a lot of people off. Anecdotally, I've spoken to like you know friends of friends and family members and people who just kind of lost interest either at the back end yeah. of the Smith era or the start of Capaldi's era. Like, I, I, even through speaking to listeners of our show, yeah, a lot of them have said, you know, this was a turning point. Mm. And I think as well, especially those who are a bit younger than us, who were kids in the tenant heyday, you know, where he was this big swashbuckling hero perfect playground fodder you know there were trading cards and there was you know toys and merchandise everywhere you went and then by the time you get to the capaldi era there's basically none of that it's not really accessible for younger kids in the same way his era um and i think the, a lot of the generation who who grew up loving Tenant, they were getting into their late teens and stuff. They were moving on to other things, and and, and Doctor Who maybe felt a bit silly to them. But then it's a bit too serious for 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 younger kids. The BBC when they were actually when they were broadcasting it, they were putting it on later in the schedules. You know, sometimes half seven, eight, half eight at night or in the evening, which is uh-huh. you know too late for your six seven year olds really. So it's a lot of factors at play. But as a result, this, out of any any era of modern Who, it's probably the least watched and least best understood in terms of a mainstream audience. Uh-huh. And to the point that you, you see a lot, this, this trotting out of this like, oh yeah, well, Capaldi was good, but the writing was really bad. I'm sorry, but... Fuck off. Couldn't be further from the truth. I think some of the oh, writing... We were doing so well. Last week we did a full Sorry. show where we didn't swear. <laughs> I don't know why you F-bomb. suddenly got a bee in your bonnet about us not swearing, but uh, I can try harder. I, I, listen, I listened to some old episodes and we were too sweary. <laughs> I think we've just grown up, David. Uh, maybe, maybe. But anyway, um, the... the it really bothers me that one. It gets I see it trotted out all the time. Oh yeah, Capaldi was good, but the writing really sucked during his era. Uh, no, it didn't. Have you seen Heaven Sent? I mean, come off it. The writing wasn't as good. That's absolute nonsense. You know, <laughs> go back and go back and watch go back talks. and watch series two and tell me the writing is superior to series nine. <laughs> You know, really, really touched a nerve with that one, haven't we? Yeah, I genuinely, I don't, I, I don't know where it came from, but it just, it started popping up towards the end of Capaldi's era, and people still trot it out now, and it just makes no sense to me. There is no, no basis for that whatsoever. Um, but anyway, it is a shame that that this 
this really, to me, I feel like the show's almost at a, at a creative peak. And at the same time, the, 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 the audience and the mainstream interest is really dying. To the point that I don't think I mentioned this on an episode about Heaven Sent. How many BAFTAs do you think it was nominated for? Zero. Zero. You know, and you think about the, the, the level of quality there in the writing, the directing, the editing, the, the, the costume design, the performances, the music. Nobody who worked on that episode got nominated for anything. I think it got some Hugos, but, you know, that's a niche science fiction. Or what, and that's not to downplay it. You know, Hugos are brilliant and, and, and a really important award ceremony for people who who are who, who love their sci-fi but at the end of the day if if heaven sent isn't bafta worthy television then i don't know what is mm. yeah i would second that it definitely deserved some plaudit yeah but this has, is the thing has... it just it, it was just the show at this point was just kind of it had just kind of sunk to the to this kind of niche cult level, really. That it was kind of in in the sort of John Nathan Turner, Turner era of classic who, you know, the fifth, sixth, seventh Doctors, you know, in the has, in has the eighties. Covered with Whitaker because she seems happy, smiley, and she's everywhere <sighs> doing everything. Um. Yeah, you know, yeah, she's yes. And, on children in need and yeah, stuff like that. Yes and no. I think the BBC, some higher ups within the BBC, maybe recognised that they neglected Doctor Who a bit in the public consciousness, yeah. and having, and also I think they're very conscious of the fact that they've got their first female Doctor now, and so they need to be seen to be promoting that. <laughs> you know, right. if they, if they, if they. Um, had the female Doctor and they were just kind of burying it the way they were during the Capaldi years, I think that would reflect very poorly on the BBC as an institution. So yeah. I think there is a small p political element to that. Um, but I'm very grateful that the BBC are just promoting the show again and, and, and encouraging new people to, 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 to jump on board and check it out. Um the ratings for our first episode were massive. Yeah. They were absolutely but, huge. But, you know, first episode ratings, in my understanding, tend to be. But yeah, there's a lot of know, people who will ch- such a... tune in to see a new Doctor and then very quickly lose interest. Yeah, but a lot of people, simply because it's a female Doctor... Yeah, the, 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 the interest level around that first episode was very high. Um, and definitely there was an understandable drop-off from that. I don't follow the ratings closely enough to say... And th- there definitely are people who jumped on with Whitaker and have stayed on board and have gone back and, you know, enjoyed a lot of other Doctor Who as a result. Um, but by and large, I think it has settled down again into more or less a niche show again. I don't feel like it's part of the the mainstream um, popular culture in the way that it was in the Tenant years. I think Tenant was peak for that in terms of New Who. 
in the same way that Tom Baker probably was for Classic Who. Um, so it's, it's you know, the, the world and popular culture is always changing and shifting. And sometimes um, Doctor Who star is going to be on the rise. Sometimes it's going to be on the wane. But so long as it's always there, that's the main thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, Do you think it could ever be cancelled again? Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, not killed off forever, because I think Doctor Who is essentially unkillable. That, that you know, it's kind of that's built into the, the, the core concept of the show, isn't it? That even if the BBC pulled the plug again and it was it sort of lay fallow for four, five, ten, twenty years, sooner or later, the stars will align in such a way that someone manages to get, you know, get the old engine up and running again. And then it's as simple as cast a new doctor, um, point some cameras at them and away you go. You've got Doctor Who again. Um, and in the meantime... There... It's across so many media. Exactly. Now, isn't and it? It, costs, it costs very little to put out a comic or a, or a novel or, you know, Big Finish, they make... I don't know exactly how much money they make for the BBC, but certainly it's enough to keep that engine going. Um, uh, you know, and they've been going since 1999, I think. So, you know, it, even when the show's not on the air, it, it makes the BBC money. But one of the best ways to ensure it continues making a good amount of money for the BBC is to make a new series every now and then again and keep people interested and bring new people on board. Yeah. So I don't... I think potentially, creatively, it might not even be a bad idea for it to have a rest period in a few years. Mm-hmm. Maybe after... I, I, I hope they get to the 60th anniversary. I hope that we see a 14th, maybe a 15th Doctor... But then after that, yeah, maybe maybe a little rest for five years or something wouldn't wouldn't do it too much harm. I don't know. Is that is that heresy to say? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you heard it here first, folks. Yeah, we've gone very just, off topic, haven't we? Just can it. Um, let's... I can't even remember what your initial question was. I think was we're about... just talking about two parters. <laughs> So let's get back on track. Series nine. Uh, The hybrid story arc. How did you feel about that? You know, compared to you like the likes of Bad Wolf or Mr. Saxon or whatever. Uh, It's probably at the lower end, if not the worst one for me. Interesting. Yeah, I think a lot of people aren't keen on it. I just didn't care. Yeah. You know, it's not like with Bad Wolf... It was something that I spotted once upon a time and then spotted it the next episode and so on and so on. Yeah, and the show doesn't really acknowledge it until right at the end. Yeah, and I can't think of a better way of putting it than it made me feel clever. Yeah. And I I think this one is a little bit too hand-holding. Yeah, I mean... There's moments where it feels like Capaldi's almost just turning to the camera and being like, like a hybrid, mm. yeah. <laughs> you know, dramatic music sting. Um, having said that, by and large, I 
I appreciate it because it is fairly unobtrusive. Yeah, you know? but then it it's almost to a fault. Like, at the end, it just goes, oh, yeah, who do you think's responsible for this? Oh, it's Missy, isn't it? And then they just move on. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. I think it could have been tied up a little better. Yeah, I think a lot of people would share that opinion. Personally, I I rank it higher than a lot of them purely because I I like that it it doesn't give a definitive answer. It posits lots of theories mm-hmm. and doesn't doesn't nail one down as the absolute truth. Um and that leaves leaves you free to kind of draw your own conclusions as a, as a viewer. And that's quite different to what we've had previously from story arcs. So I, I quite appreciate that. And as I say, it, generally speaking, it's not like it's... Compared to some of Moffat's story arcs, like, for example, Series 6, you know, with the silent story arc, mm-hmm. which is, you know, gets to the point that it's just dominating whole episodes and we don't get to have just an adventure that week. We've just got a load of series arc unravelling to do instead on episodes like Let's Kill Hitler or A Good Man Goes to War. I I prefer this because it's quite low-key and and we can just have interesting stories week to week. Yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe that's it. I, I, I just don't feel like there was an arc to it. No, I mean, it, yeah. Arc, arc implies... Uh, some sort of development from A to B to C. Yeah, this Whereas... was just a lot of people saying, oh, <laughs> did you know there's a hybrid every week? <laughs> yeah, so, you know, different strokes, isn't it, I think, is what, what that one comes down to. Uh, at least it's something different from Moffat, which is good. Yeah, points for trying. Yeah. Um, so... I always like to run through the different sort of monsters and aliens that have been introduced in the series and see which ones you'd like to see make a comeback. Um, so I'm just going to quickly rattle through this list for you, Matt. A simple yes or no will, will suffice. Fisher King or maybe other creatures from his species. Yes. Yeah. Great. Nice big great scary design. monster. Yeah. Looks yeah. the part. Made it feel, you know... Hollywood. Yeah. Imagine a whole army of those guys. Yeah. That would be very scary. (laughs) Um, The Maya. The Uh, Viking. Well, pseudo Vikings. No. No chance. (laughs) Um, Space Lions. 100%. In fact, I would cast the next Doctor as a Space Lion. (laughs) Um... The Sandmen. Uh, no, they're pretty much one and done, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, the Janus. So this isn't really a villain, but the you know those two faces. One sees the present. One sees the the you know one sees in the future. One sees into the past. Even um, from Face I the Raven. It, it'd be easy to bring them back. They could be almost like the Sisterhood of Khan. Almost, you know, someone the Doctor goes to. Absolutely. I think yeah. it's a really interesting concept, and it's just kind of tossed away in uh, in Face the Raven, and it kind of bothers me that no one's ever thought to do anything with them since. Spoiler: they don't, they they haven't featured again yet in You Who. But, but yeah, there's time in any, in any in any other story, they could be the main 
you know, yeah. alien introduced. Yeah, imagine going to like a whole civilization of them and, and what what what's life like for them and their society? Yeah. Um Yeah, I'd see them back. Um what about the Ravens from Face the Raven? I I still don't even really know what that was. <laughs> sort of some sort of tattoo raven Yeah, magic? just kind of like ethereal space raven, you know. Yeah. Uh no, not for me, sir. Imagine, imagine a rogue one though, because those the ones we saw were it was like the idea was it was they were bound by contract. What about one that just had somehow broken free from its from its bonds and was just like, oh yeah, I'll just murder whoever I like. Yeah, running but then, amok. If I was gonna watch an episode about an insane murderer, yeah, would I want it to just be a raven? Mm. Easy to do with CGI though, isn't it? Yeah, but does that make for good television? <laughs> um, the veil. I mean, could you? I, I I hesitate about even putting this one on because it's more of a concept, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it's so specific to that episode. Yeah, I think in the same way I said about the Weeping Angels after Blink, just leave well alone. Yeah. Just. Let it, let it be. Yeah, it is what it is. It's done so well. You're only going to dilute its effectiveness by going back to it. I think I'd agree with that. Yeah, and so finally, from uh, from the husbands of River Song, the shoal of the winter harmony. Was that that's the, the split head guys? Yeah, I mean they could come back, but they're just the same as every group of bad guys, aren't they? I just like the 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 head opening up effect. If I'm being honest, yeah, <laughs> that's all, that's yeah. the only reason they're on. My, they'd make my it, list. It could be anything. You yeah, know? it doesn't have to be the shoal of whatever. Just some guy whose head opens up. Yeah. So, last question to you, Matt. We've touched on this already a little bit. In terms of your like hopes for series ten. You've said you just want, like, a fun companion. What about multiple companions? Would you have, like, two or three? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. Give, give me Missy. Just have the Doctor and Missy. <laughs> That'd be, be something, wouldn't it? The Doctor, Missy and River Song. Oh, that would be... I know, that, I know that would be a lot, happen. wouldn't it? I know it can't happen, but... Yeah, I, I I just want to see Missy versus Raven's song. That's all I want. Mm. Um, what about uh, structure wise? Do you do do you want another series of two parters, or do you are you ready for some more standalone stories at this uh, point? As long as there are fewer episodes in total, yeah. I don't really mind. What about three parters? Mm, no. No, what about a whole then... series of three-parters? Three three-parters and you're done. <laughs> no, because then, like, it'd be too much like Classic Who, like you say. It'd just yeah. be like, oh, no, we're in great danger. And then next week, oh, the door opened and we're okay. Yeah. And uh, do you, would you want any, like, classic monsters to come back? You know, we did the Zygons this time around. Did you know? Do you like it when they bring back the old school stuff? 
Uh, yeah, but in particular with the Zygons, yeah. let them rest for a bit. Yeah. What about you know? What I about the demons? Most... Oh, I'm always up for a bit of Bok. Yeah. Um, or what about? I'm trying to think what other ones you've seen that that. Um... Right. This this is my this is my story that I'm going to write for the next season. Okay. So Bok returns to his home planet. And they've seen everything that's gone on. And he's an absolute embarrassment to himself <laughs> because he's just a little weird grey man. <laughs> so then he swears vengeance on the Doctor. Yeah. And we just get a series of, like, almost like Invader Zim, where Bok comes to Earth every week. And, you know, it's just thwarted because he's useless. That'd be fun. I'd go for that. Um, all right, then. I think that pretty much covers it for uh, my my sort of Series 9 grilling. Mm-hmm. Any other sort of, like, big takeaways from this series from you? Um, do you know what? I can barely remember some of the episodes. And I get them confused a lot. Well, in a minute, well, I'm going to be giving you my, my definitive... Never to change series nine series rankings. rankings. Um, but before then, um, you said you you said to me yesterday you prepared a little quiz. Yeah, well, it's yeah. just I, last time we did a a series wrap up. Mm. We did the good episode, bad episode. Yeah, and then I think that was one that was better in theory than execution. So I prepared yeah. another little fun game, David. Okie doke. Okay. So what I have is our top ten most downloaded episodes. Okay, right. Okay, and I just thought if I read the titles <laughs> of the episode, are you able to guess which episode oh. of Doctor Who they're reviewing? Right, okay. I'll, I'll give it a go. Okay. So the clue would be the title of the episode. Mm-hmm. Right, so... In number 10, we have episode 51, which is entitled Holidays and Hot Air Balloons. Holidays and Hot Air Balloons. When does a hot air balloon feature? I Would you only... like a clue? I, I th- okay, when I picture a hot air balloon in Doctor Who, my mind immediately goes to The Wedding of River Song because they, they've got the, like, the, the cars... Suspended from hot air balloons. I'm going to say Wedding of River Song. I bet it's not that, but go for it. It's not. It's the 2008 Christmas <coughs> special, The Next Doctor. Oh, of course it is. Yes. Yes. Yeah. All right. That makes more sense. Okay. Next one. So then we have epi- uh, number nine is episode 60, Labyrinths and Lady Friends. Okay. Labyrinths and Lady Friends. Okay. Labyrinth to me. That suggests. Mm. But Lady Friends makes me think River Song. Um, Oh, could it be uh, the Time of Angels, Flash and Stone? It is. Yes. It is. There we go. go. 
So one correct. I nearly went for silence in the library, and then I suddenly thought, no, that labyrinth doesn't fit for that. So, yeah. Right. Number eight is episode 45, Fatherhood and Fish Folk. Oh, that's got to be uh, Vampires of Venice. Ah, oh, you would think. But it's actually the Doctor's Daughter. Oh, yes, that's got fish folk in as well, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Don't forget, Martha's just on the moon with a big fish. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Number seven is episode 49, Synchronism and Sliding Doors. So 49, because, you know, you'd think the numbering would help me, but it really isn't <laughs> in terms of placing these. So this, so that's got to be after. Uh, do you want a why clue? Is, why is the Doctor's Daughter one of our most downloaded episodes? <laughs> <laughs> oh, OK, hang on. Right, OK, give me a clue for this one. Uh, in this episode, Matt discusses his childhood fear of stag beetles and David again recounts numerous relevant Hollywood films he hasn't seen. <laughs> That's par for the course, isn't it? Um, oh, is it turn left? It is turn left. Yeah, Stag Beetles is the thing that gave that away. I'd never have got that one otherwise. Yeah, okay, right. crack on. Number six is episode 16, Faculties and Friendly Faces. Okay, Faculties. So, so it's got to be in some kind of academic institution. Is it school reunion? It is school reunion. Yes. Right, we're in the top five now, David. Okay. Episode 53, Fluid and Fate. That's Waters of Mars. It is Waters of Mars. So now, top four. Number four is episode 47, Pages and Partners. That's Silence in the Library. Silence in the Library. Okay, top three. Number three, episode two, Tree Ladies and Trampolines. That's End of the World. Yeah, it's a bit easier when we just say it's episode two. Yeah. Okay. But even without that, like, that's a pretty obvious one, isn't it? Right. Number two is episode 48, Mobility and Mimics. So 48, Mobility. Oh, is that um, Blink? It's not. Well, what is it then? I'll give you a clue. It's, I think it's our second most downloaded episode. Okay. Mobility and Mimics. Uh, I'm drawing a blank on this one, Matt. I think you're just going to have to tell me. Do you want a clue? Yeah, if you've got a clue, give me a clue. So this week, David leads a debate on the issues the episode raises regarding the human condition, whilst Matt is more concerned with internet Doctor Who gossip. That could be dis- that could be describing any episode of our podcast. Um, I'm really I'm really stumped by this one. I didn't expect to be this stumped cl- so close to the top. Go on, what is it? It's midnight. Oh, of course it is. Of course yeah. it is. 
I can't believe so many people downloaded that episode. I wonder if words got out that how controversial it is. It's like, hey, do you want to hear someone who actually doesn't like Midnight? Yeah. Well, there's a big drop-off from episode two in yeah. our numbers. So yeah. I'm guessing most people are like, oh, I'll go straight in with the Midnight one and just like, no, that pod is not for me. <laughs> right, number yeah. one. I'm not even going to give you the title. I'm just going to let you have a guess. It's got to be our first episode, Wilson's and Wheelie Bins, right? Wilson's and Wheelie Bins. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I see that one every time when I log in to, to post the new one. Ah, right. <coughs> I don't know. Next time I might just pick some at random and see if you can guess them. Yeah, that was fun. I enjoyed that. Um, yeah. Our titling system is... We really made a rod for our own backs, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. I know, when I used to do the edit and upload them, I just used to get really stuck. I'd be like, what's a word for time travel that starts with R because it's got robots in it? <laughs> <laughs> Certainly, I am hitting up thesaurus.com most weeks when I'm yeah. coming up with them. Um, yeah, it's uh, it, it genuinely, it's, it's, it's getting to be a problem at this point. I'm sure uh, the, the episode I just uploaded, Husbands of River Song, includes spouses. I'm sure I've used spouses in a previous one. Yeah, um, it doesn't matter. It doesn't. I mean, it bothers me, but it's only me that cares that much about these things. All right, then. Um, let's do it, then. It's it's tradition. I don't know whether anybody gets anything out of this experience other than me, but I like to take a moment to reflect on the series as a whole and pointlessly rank every story. Mm-hmm. So I uh, only tend to do this time purely because uh, you've got a few two-parters that I'm treating as one story and some that I think are distinct enough that we can rank them separately. So hopefully you'll you'll agree it makes sense in terms of how I've paired them. I'm just following your lead. Okay, so starting at the bottom, number 10, can you guess, Matt? Uh, worst of this series? Worst of them all, including Husbands as, as the Christmas special. I honestly can't. Let me think. Trying to think what I've watched that I didn't like. But what I like and what you like are two different things. So. <laughs> they are quite often. No, I haven't the foggiest. Sleep no more. Which, which one is that? That's the the ice knot one. The what? <laughs> he eats the sleep dust monsters. Oh, the one in space? Yeah. Yeah, I, but I... I quite like that. I, I quite well. I say I quite like that. I quite liked it in terms of its representation. That's the one that had the deaf character, wasn't it? No, that's under the lake, before the flood. Um, I can't even remember who. It's who was got in... Reese Shearsmith in it. It's all. It's all found footage. Yeah, like I'm confusing those two episodes massively. Well, I mean, you'll see where where it comes in my ranking, but I I'd certainly. I can separate them quite quite easily. Um, yes, yeah, uh, it's the one where, yeah, I remember now. Instead of good representation, yeah, it had really bad representation because it had that like dumb yeah. dumb character. In yeah, it, who was it? played by a trans actor. Yeah, which is 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 you know good that they're giving trans actors work, but uh, yeah, potentially problematic in terms yeah. of choices made there. Um, uh, but yeah, no sleep, no more for me. 
but even then, it's not like it's just bad and that's it. Like Fear Her, which is my go-to example for just a, a, an episode with almost no redeeming qualities. Yeah, they're, um, they're trying to do something different. Exactly. It just didn't work. Exactly, exactly. So you've got to give credit where it's due. From this point on, we're talking about episodes that I broadly at least enjoyed. You know, we're talking six and a half, seven out of ten minimum from this point in on. Fact, which I think says fact, a lot I, about Series 9 as a whole. I, I know which ones would be my bottom. It would okay. be the first A Shield of Two-Parter. Girl right. Who Died, Woman Who Lived. Well, Woman Who Lived is my number nine. Yeah, with the, which is the one with the with with the uh, space lion and no Clara in it. And I can't believe they wasted the space lion on such an episode. <laughs> well, there's always opportunity to bring him back. It's Doctor what, Who. What was what was his name? Leandro. There we go. Justice for Leandro. <laughs> for some reason, I wanted to call him Lionel, but that's the leader of the Thundercats, isn't it? <laughs> I do believe it is. Um, so yeah, number eight for me, Husbands of River Song, which is probably lower than a lot of people would rank that story. It, it's just the ending. Yeah. It's just the rest of it. I could take or leave, but the ending, is... that final five ten minutes makes up for the flaws, and I think yeah. that's why people probably rate it so highly. It's is that their their judgment is skewed by that ending. Yeah. It's like you've had. I don't know, a, 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 a microwave dinner, but then you're ending it with a really lovely slice of freshly prepared cheesecake or something. Oh. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. The, the, main, yeah. the main course is a bit eh, but then it just, you, but... it just ends so beautifully so that you yeah. kind of all is forgiven. And I think... I think that kind of blinds people sometimes to some of the flaws in that story. Um, but having said that, it's still, it's, it's perfectly watchable. It's not bad for the rest of the episode, really. It's just, it's not, it's not outstanding. Um, no, it's very by the book. Isn't yeah. It? Zygon Invasion, Zygon Inversion is at number seven for me. Um, I Some people, I think when we watched that, didn't some people say, oh, this is the best Doctor Who ever? Well, it's certainly it's it's it has a lot of fans, and I think it is very good. I think it's really solid all the way through. Has some absolutely brilliant sequences and ideas in it. It's got Osgood in it, which is just you know, I'm never going to turn down more Osgood. It's just uh, a shame, isn't it? <laughs> and it and it ends with that just iconic speech. You can't and you can't take that away from it. It's an incredible piece of television. That that that, that those ten minutes. Having said all of that, it is a little slow at times. And yeah, like it's got that whole bit in like Mexico that just yeah. doesn't mean anything. Yeah, there's just it aims for like moody James Bondy globe trotting adventure and it's only partially successful in pulling that off, I think. Um there's a lot of good in it. It's a, it's a, it's an eight out of ten for me, you know. Um, is, but is that the one though where Missy comes back? Uh, no, no, no. See, I, I can't tell a lot of these episodes apart. No, that's understandable. We'll, we'll get there though. We'll get to that one. So number six for me, face the raven, which I think has a lot of charm, 
uh, and a lot of visual flair. It's a very distinctive episode. And of course, ends with that really, really tragic out of the blue, but not killing off of Clara. Um, mm. But I feel like, especially on repeated watches, you start to notice how much of it is just engineering the characters into position in order to pull off that particular outcome. Um, yeah. And I don't know that it holds up as a story in its own right. It's it's a very charming uh, means to an end. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, number five for me, Hellbent, which is the series finale proper. Yeah. Um, great to have the Time Lords back. Uh, great to get rid of them as well in the same yeah. episode. Yeah, it's like, hello, um, thanks for coming, don't upstay, you're welcome. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Um, a little Time Lord goes a long way uh, on, on this show, I find. Um, and, as I said on in our review, a very poetic story, a very meditative sort of story, and at times very emotionally impactful. But also but, maybe a little slow at times for a series and all, finale. And also, at times, very funny. Yes, yeah. Like, I mean... I, I, I don't think that's something we can level at a lot of episodes this series. But that one in particular, there was one or two moments I, I remember thinking, you know... Yeah. You know, the bit, for example, where the Doctor steps out the barn and there's a gunship just pointing at <laughs> Yeah, no, it is good. It's very nicely pulled off from Rachel Talalay, the, the reveal of that. Um, yeah, I think it's just... Um, yeah, we, we, we can never forget that, that Moffat, you know, cut his teeth as a comedy writer, you know. It, it kind of just permeates his era, his kind mm. of ear for comedy. Um even when he's doing very serious stuff like Hellbent. Um, episode four for me is The Girl Who Died. I know I'm ranking this a lot higher than a lot of people would. That's the that's the Viking one that introduces the Shielder. Yeah. I Will Die on This Hill. That's a really fun episode. It just... it, it A lot of people, they, the only bit they care about is the whole Who Found Me This Face reveal thing. Yeah. But the rest of it, I just think it's just fun. I just really enjoy it every time. Um, number three for me, Magician's Apprentice, which is familiar. That's your, that's your Davros that's and Missy. The, that's the good one. Series opener. Yeah. A lot of good stuff in that story. Yeah. Just. And it, it does a lot that we've seen before, but it does it in a very new, fresh way. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's the first time in New Who that they're really, they do Davros justice. Hmm. Um, and oh, yeah, Julian Bleach's performance is phenomenal in that. As is, as is, um, uh, blanking on her name all of a sudden. Who plays Missy? Uh, Michelle Gomez. Uh, yeah, as is Michelle Gomez. They are, you know, the and Capaldi. Obviously, you've got four great performances, really. From from Jenna Coleman, Peter Capaldi, Michelle Gomez, and Julian Bleach, all actors at the top of their game, playing off each other magnificently. Um, yeah. And number two for me, Under the Lake Before the Flood. That's the one 
on the like underwater that's the, base. That's the good base one, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, with the ghosts and the Fisher King. Great cliffhanger. Um, great supporting cast. Just a really strong story. Just bread and butter Doctor Who done right. Yeah, I think I'd probably stand by you on that choice. Yeah, ah, pleased to hear that. And number one, obviously, surprising no one, Heaven Sent. Yeah. I mean... It, it's above and beyond, isn't it? It is, it is. You couldn't it's, do it every week, but... You know, I keep uh, using the yeah. same word to describe it. It is a special episode. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's a sort of... And it's only a show as long-running and detailed and, and malleable as Doctor Who that could really pull off a story like that. You know, you couldn't dump an episode like that into the middle of the bill, could you? I don't know. The bill's coming back. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh. In in unrelated TV news, oh. I saw this week. I think off the back of the success of Line yeah. of Duty, I think potentially. I think police ju- dramas are back in fashion. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to derail us too much, but uh, original theme tune from the bill. Yeah, it's amazing, and it's it's in a, it's in a ridiculous time signature as well. Something like you know. I don't know, eleven eight or something completely bonkers. Right. Why, um, why have you done this to me, David? <laughs> you, you know I'm going to spend a week trying to find the all-time greatest British TV theme tune. <laughs> it was bad enough when it was children's. Yeah, now I've broadened it out to... Now it's like, all of television. Well, how about, how about we say just primetime... Uh, British TV. British TV. That's your homework, Matt. Right, cheers, buddy. Uh, that and watching four episodes of Third Doctor. <laughs> yeah. We'll come back to that in a moment. We'll get to that in good time. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so there you go. That's my rankings for heaven uh, for um, Series 9. It's a strong series, let's be honest. Yeah, there's a lot more good than bad, I would yeah. say. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's nice to hear you say that, Matt. So that being said, let's quickly do series rankings. I've thought about them in advance because I had to now because we've got got a lot to juggle and I'm going to bash through them really quickly. So right at the bottom, series two, then series three, then series eight, then series six, then series seven, series one, series four, series five, and right at the top, series nine. It's my favourite series of New Who that we have covered so far on this podcast. There you go. Nailed my colours to the mast there. See, I, I don't... I don't... I just don't think I could do favourite series because every single one will have one redeemable episode. Absolutely. And, absolute and, and series nine there. is no different. You know, at the top you've got Heaven Sent, at the bottom you've got Sleep No More. It's... It's the nature of the beast. Doctor Who is, by its very nature, a very variable and uh, inconsistent kind of show. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would second that. Um, So, only one more bit of business uh, to to attend to, Matt. So, before we get there, is there anything else you'd like to say um, about Series 9 or... uh... Um... Well, we just had a bloody good time, didn't we? We did, yeah. And you're a Doctor Who fan now, so that's great news. Um, do you want to fight? <laughs> <laughs> we might have one next week. Who knows? Um, 
so we've been asking our listeners for suggestions for third doctor stories to cover to cover next week let me Um, dig out some of the suggestions yes if you wouldn't mind Sorry, I won't lie. Whilst I've been talking to you, David, I've been painting some miniatures and then my phone locked itself. Uh, That's understandable. Uh, profile. Yeah. Oh, we got quite a few suggestions for this. We did. Okay. So, Frank says he's heard Inferno is meant to be good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris says... Which I, uh, which I encountered by saying it is also seven episodes, so that's a no. Yeah. Chris says Carnival of Monsters was quite interesting, or maybe mm-hmm. the Curse of Peladon. Yeah. Uh, James says, sorry, Jake from the Married to Who podcast says Day of the Daleks is his third favourite classic Dalek story. And it's that, a fun one. That's seconded by James. And then we got a special message here, David. Yes. Um, uh, are you sat down? Because I don't want this to knock you off your feet. I'm sat down. David, we had a message from Marty McLean. <gasps> the, the Marty McLean? The one and only. I know there's several oh, because wow. women insist on naming their babies after him. But, <laughs> but uh, So he hasn't seen Axos yet, so can't offer an opinion. But he does suggest... Yeah, that's the one I've be, I was gunning for initially. He does suggest uh, Spearhead from Space and mm-hmm. Terror of the Autons. Yep. The Sea Devils and Inferno. Yeah. Um, all good suggestions. Um, I think Sea Devils and Inferno are out purely because of their length, uh-huh. unfortunately. Spearhead's an option. Terror of the Autons is an option. I, In my discussion, I can't remember. It probably was Marty that I was talking to. I said yeah. I'd opt for Terror of the Autons simply because... I've seen how they were done in rows, and I'd quite like yeah. to see how that goes. Well, it's interesting, because Spearhead is also an Auton story. Okay. Uh, Perby did two Auton stories. The first one is the first ever Auton story, um, and it's also the first ever Pertwee story. So we could do Spearhead, but... Then, equally, we could do Terror of the Autons, which has some other firsts that make it interesting. Um, has some very memorable scenes. Um, and it's more kind of like Pertwee's in the swing by that point. Um, but I think I'm going to leave the final decision up to you, Matt. Do you want to do Spearhead from Space? Or do you want to do Terror of the Autons? Um, well, now that I know that Spearhead is an Auton story... And you're saying, is that the one that's Pertwee's first story? Pertwee's first, yeah. Um, I don't know, I'd quite be interested to see that. All right, is, then. Is it Let's a lot of episodes? No, it's four episodes. Bish, bash, bosh. Okay, okay. Should we go for that? Are we making a call? I think so, yeah. I'd originally lean towards Terror of the Autons purely because of some of the other elements in it. But if you want to see Pertwee... Pertwee finding his feet. It's always interesting to watch a first story with a doctor. Mm. Um, so suppose, let's do that. Let's again, do Spearhead. That, that would mirror up my suggestion of doing it to check it against Rose. You know, Rose yeah. was Eccleston's first story. Yeah, it's definitely... It, it, there's a lot to compare there. So, um, 
Yeah, all right then. Let's do Spearhead from uh, Space. So, are you uh, happy with that? You haven't like I'm watched it in that. the last two weeks or anything like that. No, I've been, I've been finishing up the Key to Time series. I've, I'm doing uh, doing the Armageddon Factor at the moment. So, right. So, are we committing to that? Oh, we are committing to it. Spearhead from Space. So, join us, uh, listeners, next week when we will be discussing all four parts of Spearhead from Space. Uh, but until then, as always. Thank you very much for listening and cheerio. Goodbye now. Thank you for listening to Neither the Time Nor the Space. If you wish to contact us, our email address is timenorspacepod at gmail.com and on Twitter we are at timenorspacepod. And thank you to Alexander Urban for his smashing arrangement of the Doctor Who theme.